1: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to your brand new
2: episode of the Euro Trip. Of course, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. It is James and Rob with you here as always. Hiya, Rob. Hello, James. How are you? Very good. Thank you. That's very formal. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it did sound very formal, didn't it? Um, You know how we normally play a game at the end of each week's episode? Obviously, everybody knows this by now. Hopefully, the one-second song. New listeners, if you don't, me and James try and guess the Eurovision song at the end of each week's episode by playing the very first second. We'll get to that later. For a change, do you want to play a game at the start of today's episode as well? Yeah. Have you got a new one? Yes, kind of. (laughs) Would you like to guess which Eurovision Legends mobile phone number I have recently acquired? Right. Uh, Yes, I would. Do I get a clue or do I just guess? Do you get a clue? I don't think you get a clue. And I think we just keep doing this for as long as you don't get it right. Okay. Uh, nothing to base this on. I'm going to guess Katrina. Yeah, no, it's a good guess. Good guess. Not though. Sorry. Although you can't move her at the moment, can you? She's doing a lot of... uh... A lot of Eurovision performances this year. Unsurprising, though. I mean, if I was her, if I was her accountant, I'd be advising her. <laughs> I was going to say, is she cashing in on the, the anniversary? Although this year,
2: it's just the 26th year anniversary, isn't it? <laughs> Rather than the 25th anniversary of a victory. So but I guess so. 25 years since the UK last hosted it. So it kind of makes sense in a way.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's always an anniversary for something. You always make the maths work somehow, can't you? But no, it's not Katrina. So that's your one guess for this week. So, uh, so I guess that game will keep rolling on. Well, maybe I'll figure it out a little bit later on this week's episode of the Eurotrip. As jan you know, always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job, but it's part of me.
2: Janis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I, remember, I remember! So
3: Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, Welcome to the Eurotrip.
4: Thank you very much, and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you.
5: Being face-to-face, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) I was
4: going to say, your beautiful face. I was like, But it is beautiful as well, though.
5: We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes,
3: please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations.
5: Thank you. Give me a
3: hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Osterdal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Euro Trip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week we are once again joined by another of the class of 2023 because James, you have been chatting to the boys from Malta. Indeed I have,
2: yeah. The Busker,
3: uh, otherwise known as David,
2: John and Sean, which I did say to them, just sounds like the three most basic British names
3: you could have plucked out. They sound like your dad's mates who he meets at the pub every weekend to watch the football or something, doesn't it? That's exactly who they sound like. But they also sound like a good
2: time. They were really great fun. I can't wait to bring you this uh, because I feel like they're flying under the radar a little bit at the moment. But the song's really catchy. They are having such a great time with the idea of representing their home country at Eurovision this year. So we'll chat to them about winning Mesk uh, back home in Malta a few weeks ago. We'll chat about their lovely jumpers, of course, uh, or their sweaters, as we should probably call them. And maybe they'll give us a tease about what their performance will look like uh, come Eurovision in May.
3: Yeah, for Malta Eurovision superfans in Liverpool. Hope for their sake that the weather isn't that warm because if it's a toasty couple of weeks in early May, don't want to wear a jumper, do you?
2: Hey, we saw Sam Ryder in, in Turin last year. He always had that huge cardigan on. I don't know how he managed
3: it. I hope he washed it at some <laughs> point while we were there, because we never saw him take that cardigan off, did we? We did not. Anyway, Rob, what else have we got on this week's episode? Well, very excitingly, as you will know is tradition by now, we have had the road to Rotterdam. We have had the trek to Turin. Well... The next instalment in what we're going to call the Trilogy (laughs) follows in today's episode. So you've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on
2: Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip.
3: So we are back. Here we go. Another Wednesday. And James, you know what that means. It's another Wednesday closer to the Eurovision Song Contest of 2023, which means... I'm obviously going to ask you James how many days is it until Eurovision 2023? Uh, it is 40 uh, uh,
2: to the semi-final one or grand final. <laughs>
3: uh let's do let's do semi-final one. Oh no
2: that's not the number I thought you were going to ask for. In let's case, do ignore
3: it's... that ignore that no 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 don't do the maths on the podcast no one wants to hear it. <laughs> how many until the grand final? 45. That's terrifying isn't it? Well, I think it's 45 anyway. Does that sound about right? Well, what's 45? Because 42 divided by 7 is what? Six. So it's six weeks on Saturday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! We should put a bit more fanfare into that, shouldn't
3: we? If the producers of Countdown, the popular British... um, Game show, which involves words and maths. So listening, me and James are very available. (laughs) I don't think they'll be calling any time soon, will they? But in all seriousness, though, six weeks to go between now and Liverpool, uh, between now and the grand final, which means that we'll be in Liverpool in less than six weeks' time. Are you mentally prepared or have you at least begun to mentally prepare yourself for that? Yeah, I think so.
2: A question that sort of links back to last week as well. You said we were in a hinterland period, I seem to remember. Is the Hinterland period over now that we're in the pre-party season?
3: I think so. Hinterland is in the rearview mirror now. Well, Well, that is good to
2: know. Now we are in the something else period. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, somebody actually emailed us earlier this week uh, about the word hinterland. Well, not about the word hinterland. Anyway, shall I get to the point? Because last week, I brought up Eurovision on vinyl for some reason, which I don't really recall why. But Martina got in touch uh, via email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com, if you've got any emails as well, uh, saying, I hope you're well. I'm writing this immediately while listening to the podcast. I have one Eurovision record in my small collection. It's the one from 1990. One from 1990? Which one? Well, I presume they mean the, the Eurovision vinyl from 1990. It has all the songs on. Does that exist?
3: Did they used to do Eurovision Song Contest vinyls for the full contest?
2: Well, it does sound like it. Yeah, thanks to Martina, who got in touch, saying that uh, she has the Eurovision uh <laughs> album on vinyl. Um, Joey, as well, can I just say, got in touch via Twitter and said, uh, Hi guys, I love the podcast, and Eurovision songs on vinyl. Yes, I have the official 1985 vinyl. So clearly, it used to be a thing. When vinyls were all the craze, they still used to release them back then. All the craze, pretty sure the setting's all the rage, is it not? Well, anyway, I feel like I'm in a funny mood this week. I feel like my head's not screwed on quite properly. Anyway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How many more songs can you get wrong between now and the end of today's episode? Um, I have just done a bit of Googling to see whether or not I too could find uh, 1990 Eurovision vinyl. I couldn't find a 1990 Eurovision vinyl. However, I have found, and this is Nisha, the International Melody Grand Prix 1990 vinyl. Uh, So all the songs from Norway selection from 1990. And also, you know how these ads often list the genre of uh, of the songs that are on the vinyl? Mm. Uh, genre, electronic, rock, pop, and Latin.
2: Yeah, but what's the International Melody Grand Prix? What does that mean?
3: What's international about... Oh, no, you aren't. No, 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 you're right. This is but... the official album, then, is it? This is the one, actually, yeah, because on the front cover, you've got your friend of mine, old uh, old... Tuto from from Italy is on the front cover there. And then Ireland, someone wearing a nice hat. I'm not sure who that is. And uh, the French singer's on the front as well. So, yeah.
2: There, There you are. There you are. See that? Yes, I can. The International Melody Grand Prix 99. Lovely album cover. If you're listening to this, go and look that up. That is jazzy.
1: Look at
3: that. Yeah. Very exciting. Oh, well, thank you to everybody who's got in touch about Eurovision Vinyls this week. Really appreciate it. And also, not the only thing that people have been getting in touch about, because, James, you put out a call, didn't you, on last week's podcast? to ask whether or not you had a fever dream or whether or not actually there was some reality in there. You're asking whether or not the official Eurovision Song Contest board game really exists.
2: Yes, yes, and we were inundated. Loads of people have either got it or played it or know it exists. Um, Let's have a look. Nick got in touch on Twitter saying, yes, it absolutely does exist. Who doesn't love a game that ends with
3: a spreadsheet? Sign
2: me up, Nick, if it ends in a spreadsheet. Sign me up.
3: You love (laughs) a spreadsheet. I've never seen anyone get so excited about a spreadsheet as you do. You and Ben Robertson love a spreadsheet. And also, Mark got in touch on Twitter as well. He gave us a bit
2: more info about what the game entails. So he said, the 2018 version, this is one, the one we mentioned last week, says, phase one is building your two countries' acts, so the song, the stage, the costume, and the instruments, by answering questions. And then phase two is the final, and there's a mechanic for getting points. Mysteriously, he goes on, the questions are in Dutch as well. We give bonus points for answering the cards in Dutch. <laughs>
3: i feel like we'd not do very well if that was the case <laughs> monty also got in touch and uh monty of course who does the uh, the brilliant second cherry podcast and monty said there's not just one official eurovision board game james but there is indeed two there is the one that you mentioned which is the one that you've just been talking to us about but it, but there was also one from 2007 So there was an official board game from the contest back in Helsinki in 2007. Uh, Monty says, I've never actually played it, though, but it's most definitely real. He sent through some pictures. I can see yeah there, the Eurovision Song Contest board game, it says there. And then there's a little tick list with the countries. So you've got game one, which is get your act together. Uh, And then you've got tick boxes for the music, the fans, the record deal, the manager's styling, lyrics, choreography, the money the backing group, and the merchandise. And then there are some other mini-games as well, which are uh, Get Your Act Together, which is the same game. And then they're all the same game, James, actually. They're just not <laughs> of the same game, as it turns out.
2: So, so we had a board game in 2007, 2018. So we're on an 11-year cycle. I'm looking forward to the new addition to, the, to complete the trilogy in 2029.
3: It is time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, James, at my desk last week, papers were hard to come by. There was not much news crossing my path, crossing the desk, (laughs) heading into my news inbox. It was scarce. How are things this week at the news
2: centre? Equally as scarce. I was just chatting to uh, your friend and mine, the the autocue operator, as as we both know we have one. And uh, I was chatting to him and he he looked flustered as if to say, James, there's not a lot of news this week either.
3: Well, surely if you were an autocue operator, you'd be delighted at a lack of news because you wouldn't be required to do much autocue based scrolling. Do they still scroll manually autocues these days or is that all automatic now? It must be. Well, no, surely you need somebody to control it, don't you? You can't just automatically scroll. No, there's definitely some sort of, like, technology now where the machine works out what words you've just said and then shuffles it down. That definitely exists.
2: Have you become a recently redundant autocue operator? (laughs) Get in touch. (laughs) Uh, Shall we get back to the US news? Because, I mean, literally there isn't any. You know, last week Rob said that there were some artists who were filming the postcards. Yeah, they're still doing them.
3: Pre-parties, as you alluded to at the start of the episode, pre-party season has now got underway. We saw the first pre-party of the season in Barcelona at the weekend, which may I add, looked like a great time. Can we at least attempt to make maybe that happen next year?
2: Yeah, it did look really good, yeah. And then we were meant to have the Israeli pre-party this coming weekend, then we've got the, the second Spanish one in Madrid on the April the 8th, then back-to-back um, Amsterdam and London on the 15th. Uh, Go on, sorry, Rob. You've put your hand up. Have you got some urgent news that has just come into the news centre? Sorry, I just checked my
3: earpiece. Uh, No, sorry. No, that was just some interference. No news. No news. Um, No, I was just going to out you. Um, Presumably you're just scrolling through the Eurovision world. Uh, calendar you is that what's happened now
2: no I did make some notes I promise because I also wrote down as a Polish pre-party I just haven't written down the date so that's coming up at some point as well I just don't know when
3: I feel like we've got more pre-parties than ever haven't we this year there are loads of pre-parties happening all across Europe loads of the artists who are getting involved in the pre-parties including the busker from Malta who James will be talking to later on in today's episode. But James, of course, it was this time last week on the podcast that we brought you our own news, that we would be hosting our very first live event in Liverpool during Eurovision week, our very own board game afternoon at Sugar and Dice, a brilliant board game cafe in Liverpool, on the Thursday, so Thursday the 11th of May. Well, James, would you like to update us? Do you have any more news?
2: Oh yeah, it's just coming through now. We have sold out which is very very exciting yeah so thank you to everyone who snapped up a ticket uh, because they were in short supply we must admit uh, but you've managed to sell us out so well done and thank you if you bought a ticket it really means a lot to us it's our first ever live event so we can't wait to see some of you in person uh, and sorry we should say just sorry to everybody else who's tweeted us since to say oh no i was too slow i wish i'd managed to get a ticket but rest assured we will be in liverpool all week uh, from the sunday to the following Sunday, so all week. So if you see us around, if you want to come and say hi, please do. We don't bite. Well, I don't, at least, anyway. I've not checked with Rob. James will be selling
3: autographs. You can get one, I think. What, what are you <laughs> selling your autographs for this year? Is it a tenner? Cost of living and all that? Well, because of inflation, mine's gone up to £20, actually. But I know the fans will, will want one. pounds What do you get for £20? Is it just an autograph, or do you get a picture with host of the your Trip Podcast, James Rowe, as well? No, an extra £10 will get you a, a selfie. So I worry to ask what
2: £40 gets you. Uh, two selfies. 50? I, I recommend paying the 50 in case one of the pictures is blurry. I don't, <laughs> You don't get a retake with me.
3: <laughs> wow. Well, you heard it here first. If you two want a framed picture, actually framed, that's more, I assume. Uh, yeah, that's the full 100. <laughs> if you want to buy the frame as well. Do you carry the frames with you so that you can place them in immediately? Sorry, you've got to buy your own frame. <laughs> Like what you're hearing?
5: Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're
1: listening.
2: So as a reminder, of course, we've still got the Bosca from Malta still to come your way on this episode of the Euro Trip. But first, Rob, we have got something new to launch.
3: And that's not your line in selfies or framed selfies, <laughs> is it? Something else?
2: Uh, yeah, something
3: else, something more exciting, something more appealing, I, I must admit. Well, if you are a long-time listener to the Eurotrip podcast, you will know that each year we like to bring you closer to this year's Eurovision host city. So, back in 2021, we brought you, I get this wrong every time, was it the Rotterdam road trip or was it the road to Rotterdam, James?
2: Well, yeah, at the start of the episode, you did say road to Rotterdam and I thought I'm going to let it slide. So, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, it was the Rotterdam road trip because somebody else, I think, had used the name road to Rotterdam, even though it sounds
3: better. By somebody else? Do you mean the official Eurovision channels? Is that what you mean? (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) Right, so we had the Rotterdam road trip in 2021. Last year, we brought you the trek to Turin. And this year, James, of course, we need a third in the series as we look ahead to the contest in Liverpool. Now, way back in October, when Liverpool were announced as the host of this year's contest, we asked for your suggestions uh, for what we could call this feature and we had loads of you get in touch uh would you like me to read you through some of the suggestions yes please I don't recall any of them so i'd love to hear some of your favorites okay i'll enjoy this one i think this is from jamie uh last lap for liverpool
2: sorry i was trying to take a swig of water while you were reading some of these out. i was nodding yeah i like the sound of that one
3: uh, i should say as well disclaimer these apparently all have to be alliterative as Rotterdam road trip and to Jerim were so got to stick with the theme uh Lift-off in Liverpool, which is a bit space-themed. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been good if Sam was still the UK act with Spaceman. We could have tied that all together. Yep. Uh, Leg it to Liverpool was a good one. Uh, Liv got in such, and I enjoy this one very much. Getting lit in Liverpool, which would just be what we're doing <laughs> when we're there. But James, there was one winner. Uh, would, you like to, uh, would you like to reveal to everybody what we will be presenting between now and the grand final itself? Yeah, stand aside, everybody, and make room for The Leap to Liverpool. There it is. There's the music that will accompany The Leap to Liverpool every single week. And as we said, we will be getting closer to this year's Eurovision Host City every single week. And as is also tradition, we will be getting a little bit of an insight into the local lingo as well. James, I seem to remember you had a lovely time learning some Dutch a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, we got some some Italian as well from some of our Italian friends when we were doing the trek to Turin. I was wondering this year, actually, I was thinking, well, we kind of know all of the uh, the English language, so there's not a lot for us to learn. But yeah, the, the local lingo will come in very, very handy.
3: Yeah, so we will be learning this year a bit of Scouse which is very much the local lingo of Liverpool. So stay tuned for that. Scouse, not a small bird, not to be confused with. That's a grouse, James.
2: Oh, I was wondering what you meant there. I didn't know what you were talking about. Well, I'm glad you clarified.
3: (laughs) Anyway, shall we bring on our very first guest then on the leap to Liverpool this year? He's someone that you've heard on the podcast previously. He's Christopher McGrath. He is the Eurovision reporter at the local paper in Liverpool, the Liverpool Echo. So he's been working in that role ever since Liverpool were awarded the right to host this year's Eurovision Song Contest. So he knows better than anybody how preparations are going in this year's Eurovision Host City. So here's what happened when I caught up for the first edition of this year's Leap to Liverpool. So Christopher, welcome and thank you for being our very first guest on this year's Leap to Liverpool. Welcome along.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about all things Eurovision with you guys once again.
3: It's brilliant to have you back on the podcast. Remind us of the very fun and I imagine intense job that you have this year.
4: I am leading Liverpool's coverage of the Eurovision Song Contest. It's a job that I've loved being a part of for the last few months. And I'm very sad that it's potentially almost over. Eurovision's just a few weeks away, really. And it just the entire contest has just flew in so far
3: but you're now approaching your most intense few weeks in the job, obviously. The contest is just a few weeks away, hence why we decided to get you back on the podcast. How are things on the ground in Liverpool? Is that excitement really starting to build now?
4: Things are so busy because in the lead up just after the new year, it was kind of quiet because everything was still being put in the place, but now we're reaching April, everything's announced. All the programs are being announced, the festivals are being announced and then obviously all the acts come in April as well so it's a very busy time but as we get closer Liverpool really is not to be cliche but being transformed into a Eurovision playground. There's The local communities are getting involved, the entire shopping centre is going to go under transformation the pier head is just going to be absolutely incredible even when you're just walking through, knowing what's set in place to happen over Eurovision season, it's amazing to kind of see in a few weeks' time, this will just be filled in a few weeks' time. This is going to be so colourful. It's If you're coming to Liverpool, I can't hype it up enough
3: Yeah, Christopher, I've seen so many people on social media say, if anything, there is too much happening in Liverpool this year for Eurovision. There is so much for everyone who is heading to Liverpool to get their head around. So much happening around the UK as well, of course, that we've seen announced in in recent days as well. I know Eurovision being shown in cinemas this year, which is very, very cool. This is a very exciting week. You can't really tell me about it now, but people listening to this... On Wednesday, if they're listening on the day the podcast comes out, will potentially already know what I'm talking about. But can you allude to why this is an exciting week?
4: Um. Well, yep. So by the time this comes out, a huge festival lineup will be announced. The Culture Liverpool team have been have just did an amazing job creating the festival the wrap around the contest. It's not just the contest that's being housed in Liverpool. There's a two week program of festivities so much going on with ukrainian people and their culture popping up around liverpool and we should know a full list a full lineup of the parades the floats everything that's going on around the city and a few of the very special performers who hopefully are headlining your village and the saint george's hall party even next week there's more exciting things happening from the monday next week something very big is happening in liverpool and then the week after that something very big is happening in Liverpool as well. So keep a keep an ear out for the podcast and all the information will be here before anywhere, really.
3: Now here on the leap to Liverpool over the next few weeks, we really want to get into some of the key locations, I suppose, some of the key venues that that the listeners may be going to or people might find really, really interesting. So obviously we talk about the Eurovision Village. I think that's the best place to start because if you've not got a ticket for the actual arena itself Maybe that's where you're going to be watching the show, but as we know this year, there are so many different options. Where's the village going to be? What can you tell us about the village and also just the location that it's taking place in?
4: The village is being housed on Pierhead, which is Liverpool's calling card to the world. Anytime you see Liverpool, you see these absolutely gorgeous buildings known as the Free Graces. That will be housing around 15,000 to 20,000 people every night of the week. And it's so exciting. It's such a accessible area. There's so that's where the Pride festivities are held every year. Well, most recently anyways. And um, we've had things like Cream I fill. We've had outdoor festivals and stuff there. It kind of is like the party spot because it's so, it's right in the heart of the city centre and it's two seconds away from the arena as well. So it just makes sense. And like we've said, the entire city's taking over. So there's like unofficial fan sites popping up. Concert Square is the heart of nightlife in Liverpool. I think there's something like There's millions of bars, all situated in one little area, and it's everything from rap, dance, R&B, house, electric, old school, 80s. So no matter where you are, what generation you're from, there's something there, and they've just recently announced their own programme of fun for the contest period. There's also the Pride Quarter, which is Liverpool's premier gay area. All of the bars are getting involved, hosting their own viewing parties. That's all situated. Five minute walk from that's situated five minute walk from the pierhead, the arena, and concert square. And on top of that is the Baltic Triangle, which is Camp and Furnace, the Euro Club. Also a five minute walk from everywhere, and that's more of a urban niche kind of cool artistic playground for music lovers and kind of like bohemian fans that just want that aren't fans of like the mainstream music and night love nightlife culture and want that bit of edge and grit to their nightlife
3: there really is something for everybody like there really really is something for everybody that is the thing to to kind of reiterate i think to any, anybody listening to this and i think haven't the fairies in the city also kind of been getting involved in this
4: yeah there's the fairies get involved no matter what it is it could be the smallest little announcement and they're like yep we're being part of it so there's eurovision parties there's eurovision viewing parties and if anyone fancies having a trip up the mersey they can get themselves tickets and enjoy some of the classic eurovision bangers enjoy this year and there's just if it's one of those situations where if you can think about it liverpool's doing it and there's a chance to get involved who, who would have thought that you can watch eurovision in the cinema on a ferry in an underground bar and on the docks of one of the biggest cities in the uk it's like we said, there's literally something for everyone. And if you don't think there is, you're probably not looking hard enough at this stitch.
3: Now, Christopher, one thing that we're doing every week here on the Leap to Liverpool, we did it on the trek to Turin. We did it on our road to Rotterdam. We have to get more on the local lingo. So obviously in Liverpool, we're talking Scouse. What are, or what is rather, a Scouse word that you can leave us with, that you can teach us that maybe anyone heading to Liverpool this year can use If they bump into a local, well, they can just use between each other and then they'll know that they heard it first here on the podcast.
4: I think something that will sum up Eurovision 2023 in Liverpool is boss. It's boss. The contest has been boss. The vibe's been boss. B-O-S-S. Everything that Liverpool has done to hold the contest this year has just been absolutely boss. It's the most positive, reaffirming compliment you can give anything. If someone says you're a boss lad, that's that you, you can't reach a higher compliment and that is it. Although if you're look at, if you're around the area and you're kind of wanting a drink, you can also just ask for a bevy. Do you know what? Shall we get a bevy? Shall we get a bevy? Yeah, that's boss. Let's go. And there's your sentence there. You'll be a local in no time.
3: Perfect. Well, normally this is part of the podcast every year where I struggle to pronounce the words, but boss and bevy, I think I've got them down, that's fine.
4: Oh yeah, the the most appropriate and probably only necessary ones you'll need in Liverpool as well you know we're a party city and all you need is find out where to have a drink and then to compliment someone for getting you so there we go
3: let's go for a bevy it'll be boss Christopher will have to do that in Liverpool in May if you've got any time which I highly doubt you will
4: let's hope let's hope it might be like a a. 1am at the end of every night but yeah there's always time for a bevy
3: Sounds perfect. Christopher, thank you so much for joining us here on the Leap to Liverpool. We are bound to get you on again between now and the contest itself, and thank you for updating us on everything that's happening so far.
4: Thank you so much. And I'll be back anytime you
0: want. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Euro Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
2: So a big thanks to Christian for being our first leap to Liverpool guest. We'll be uh, taking one more leap next week as we get closer to Liverpool. One leap closer, you could say. Uh, one leap a week we shall be taking. You like the sound of that?
3: Yeah, it's okay. Uh,
2: yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks to Chris anyway because we got some. Uh, we got our first. Liverpool local lingo, boss and bevy.
3: Yeah, that will definitely come in handy during Eurovision week, won't it, for everybody? That'll be boss if we have a bevy. It would be boss to get a bevy. Is that the right is that is that is that the right the right way of using it?
2: If anything, I kind of wish Eurovision wasn't in the UK so we had to learn some foreign language because it just doesn't sound... Boss and Bevy don't sound as good in our accents, do they? No, they don't. Like, us us failing an Italian accent is at least funny. Us saying Boss and Bevy just sounds horrible. <laughs>
3: Although I do like, though, the reverse of that, though, and, and the fans that are obviously coming from all parts of the world. Like, for example, I know there's a few Aussies heading over, aren't there, for the contest this year. So try saying Boss and Bevy in an Australian accent. Like, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm well, not suggesting that you should try doing that. Yeah, I,
2: wasn't goody, I wasn't going I wasn't going for full clarity. Anyway, we'll be doing another Leap to Liverpool on the podcast next week.
3: And if you would like to get in touch with your own... I was going to say with your own Scouse dialect, that's very niche, I appreciate, but if you are indeed listening to the podcast and are from Liverpool, do get in touch at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, or indeed get in touch with anything that you've heard on today's episode at Eurotrip Podcast, as I've just said, Twitter, Instagram, and we're also on the email hello at com. and James, your lovely child, TikTok because you are, of course, a youthful person, and I'm too old for it. <laughs> yeah, once you get 30, you're not allowed to use it, I think. It's, the, it's in the terms and
2: conditions when you sign up. Uh, anyway, shall we move on to our next act of 2023? It's always great to welcome uh, some of the class of 2023 onto the podcast. Uh, we've spoken to a handful of them already. Who all happen to be bands, don't they? Who have we spoken to so far? We've spoken to Jokerout from Slovenia, we've spoken to Vesna uh, from Czechia, of course, and as well we've spoken to Wild Youth from Ireland. And this week we tick off band number
3: four, uh, coming from Malta, <laughs> which is the Bosca. What is funny as well is that immediately after we finish uh, recording this week's podcast, I am chatting to another band who are competing in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> And even funnier, yesterday,
2: I spoke to another one of the bands. Well, it's just band vision this year. We're just speaking to all the bands. Battle of the band. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) yeah, we're not complaining. It's great to chat to them. So, yeah, I chatted to... The Busker, we're about to hear from them now. They are David, John and Sean. Uh, they competed in MESC, which is the uh, Malta Eurovision Song Contest. It's the national final which chooses Malta's representative. And it's a long process as well. You've got to get through a quarterfinal, a semi-final, and then, of course, win the grand final to get the ticket to Eurovision for Malta. There was 40 acts in the competition this year. The Busker were one of them. So we sat down to find out a little bit more about them, a little bit more about their songwriting process, what it was like to compete in the national final, and some of their plans for the Eurovision stage in Liverpool in May. So I started off by asking them whether or not it had sunk in that they were going to represent Malta at Eurovision this year.
5: I think at this stage
0: it has sunk in, as in we're getting into the hard work. Yeah, we're getting into
5: the hard work. Personally, I still need to remind myself it's, because a lot of things are happening, but at the same time, I think the positive thing about the denial that it's happening is that it needs to be injected in slowly. Otherwise, I'd be most probably in a state of of, of just snail. Snail. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so take us back to the moment when you were—I don't know—writing the song or deciding to take part in the the multi-selection. Like, what came first? Was it? The decision to enter was it the the writing of the song where did it all begin this process
0: i think it began with with us deciding to enter the the competition actually started way back in 2021 so uh, we were performing i remember and we had a, a small break and we were chatting and sort of we were like, they like was how about who do uh, you like the idea of you know entering the and they were like hmm Personally, I was like, mm, "That's very interesting question," and uh, I said, um, "Yes, immediately." And then they've constantly kept on saying, right, "Like, I brought it up, uh, brought it up. Yes, and it was, was like, um, "What do you think? What do you think?" And they and they always said, "Yes, yes, 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 let's do it." Sean, um, at first, started was a bit, bit spectac- Scarec- uh, skeptical. Skeptical, <laughs> as long as the song is good, you know. As in, I just had to make sure that the song was at the level we needed to be yeah. to make to make the impact we needed to, to make,
2: you know. As in.
5: For sure, we were always um, song-centered. So unless we had the song, we, were, we weren't going to apply. Um, it wasn't a matter of, let's just be part of it. No. Um, we just made wanted to make sure that if we have a song, we're all proud of it. Um, we wanted all to make sure that we're all happy with it and that the song represents us all, you know? Um, so then in twenty. 21, we'd missed the boat for, for Mesc 2022. Um, then we said, okay, let's postpone it up until next year. We still were getting busy up until the the around September, where we sat down and said um the deadline might soon be coming up. Because in 2021 for, 20, for MESC for Mesk 2022, the deadline was in December. So we assume that it will be December 2022, and it was different. Little did we know not. that one <laughs> comes. Little did we know that it was in October 2022, and this was September. So even That's though 30 days. yeah, we had like 30 days to um, fully produce and fully report the song with the three elements of drums, vocals, and saxophone. Um, but obviously, the production itself had much more than that. Um, the song itself started off with with a simple uh, acoustic guitar, with different lyrics and different melody and a different theme. <laughs> so it was
2: a totally different song then to begin with.
5: <laughs> so, yeah, but but I, I took that melody and lyrics and tried to start a production for it um, uh, at my home studio. So basically, started adding the drums. All right, um, sorted myself a tempo, um, sorted myself a rhythm, and. Then it was the bass line, which came next.
2: And then when did, I must ask this, when did Sean come in and say, look, I want to play the saxophone on this track and I know it's going to sound great. When did that happen?
5: My man, I like you already man. <laughs> <know. laughs> <laughs> from the get-go, man. <laughs> no, actually, like, that, that's the thing. Um, I, have, um, I, I had my solo project before I, and I came into the Busker. Um, so the challenge for me was to write with the saxophone in, in mind. Um, so when I started laying the song I knew that I had to come up with a sax part I wasn't sure where it's going to fit but I said okay um, it has to come in the chorus okay so the saxophone is, it will shine in the chorus and I laid a few notes uh, I said okay this is Sean <laughs> you know this is where Sean will do his thing um, but then what happened is that I, I, I took away the lyrics and the melody presented it to the band and just the groove of the bass and the idea of the saxophone was enough to get them going so that they start to start get inspired and, and throw in their ideas. And when I heard that is when I, I knew it was, Eurovision is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. But
2: when you knew it was all about the saxophone, you're like, yeah, this is all about me.
0: I said, I said great idea, probably when we were in the semifinals. <laughs> Super idea, I, we're doing well here. I think <laughs> we'll have a chance here. That's great. But before that... <laughs> Good idea, I'm enjoying
2: it. <laughs> when did you start to feel like it was possible that you would win uh, Mesk uh, over in Malta? Because, you know, you've got to get through a quarter-final and a semi-final and then win the final. Like, you've got 39 other songs to compete with. When did you start to think, yeah, we could we could do this now?
0: Just to give you a, a brief introduction. The quarterfinals, finals we presented the song on its own, okay? Without staging, without nothing. It was just us three with, uh, with, with our choreography. And but that was it. So it 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 was still sort of being created what mm-hmm. what, what we saw then during the semifinals and, and the finals. And then um when we had the semifinals, we presented what we always envisioned, um, how the staging is going to be, um, how we're going to portray the story of the song on stage. And they, and then after the semifinals, we really had a, a good reception from, from the public audience because obviously they saw. The difference from the quarterfinals to the semi finals, because again, we introduced the, the staging element to the song. And I think then from there, we started to think okay, there is a chance, you know, that we might make it. But still, for us, it was still, till the very last it was, it was still a surprise that yeah. we actually won it.
5: You know,
2: do you want dance? So what happens after that then? You know, like are you straight back in a in a rehearsal studio to change the staging? Like are you are you straight away working on the next steps ready for Liverpool?
5: Yeah, that's who we are, actually. To be honest, like the just just after after Eurovision, um, so it was a Saturday or the Sunday. We met and we were like starting to brew ideas, even though we were totally <laughs>
0: exhausted. Dead.
5: Uh, yeah, but from the get go, we just started brewing ideas. We met with our creative director, and from then on, it was just a bunch of meetings and mayhem. and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, how about the ball score? 7 a.m. meetings and midnight meetings. We're, we we're, have we're
5: there at 7 a.m., huh? The <laughs> yes.
0: is there at 7.30, I promise.
2: So I was going to say, that gives us an idea about how busy the life is of a Eurovision artist. Like, from 7 o'clock all the way through till midnight. Like, I think people don't appreciate how busy life actually becomes when you, you know, sign on that dark light and say, we're going to Eurovision. It gets busy, doesn't it?
5: We have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is this: we're not. I mean, we don't know how other countries operate. We're assuming that um fifty percent or seven percent live lives like ours, and maybe the other thirty percent are 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 um, full time musicians. Um, from our end, we do have our day jobs as well. But for sure, it's a good thing that we're 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 having experiencing. So
0: after here, in fact, we have dance lesson. Then
5: yeah. So after here today, we're going to. And you, you know, we need
2: it, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Right. I was before we started chatting. I just watched the performance again, and I thought, I love the dancing. Does it come naturally, or have you had some practice for that? Like, <laughs> but now you've said you need some practice. So it, it looks good, though. It looks good.
0: Yeah, save is the most dancer.
2: Yeah. But for the other two, for Jean and Sean, you. They might need a bit more practice, is that what we're saying? When I was younger, to
0: be honest, but then my life changed, you know, I stopped dancing, you know, I stopped going to clubs and dancing. So then it became, it became, no, yeah, it became
3: very weird for me to dance.
0: Myself, I hated dancing. To, to dance, I always need to drink a little bit, you know, so I won't be so shitty awkward. Um, uh, that, that was always a trick. Obviously, I cannot drink every time we're, we're dancing, because then I end up being... <laughs> <laughs> Now going in. to AA meetings. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm obeying myself and the dance lessons are really helping because obviously they make you more confident, more comfortable, yeah. so it comes more naturally. And hope hopefully by the end of the lessons I'll be able to uh to, to keep up with these two.
2: Hey, you've still got a bit of time, still a few more weeks until Liverpool. You've got loads of time to practice that dancing. Uh, speaking of the staging as well, we all know what the song sounds like. Talking about the, the sweater, of course. Have you got your outfits planned for the Eurovision stage? Will you be wearing bright sweaters? Like, what, what's the plan? Can't give away too much, man. Mm, can't
5: give away too
2: much.
0: <laughs> 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 Some of it's hidden away, man. Let, let's say uh, the blueprint is
5: there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Is a, We're we're hoping to present most of what has already been seen. We're trying not to polish it too much for two reasons. One of which is that most of the work is what we're doing. And at the end of the day, we're people who love to see what we've done materialize. So if it's something we did and we have proved of it, um, we're just giving each other the pat on the back and be like, that's what we did. Like We're proud of that. Um, and one who can do better surely has the money to spend, but it's not. It's not about that. At the end of the day, it's, it's our project, and we just love to see ourselves in every bit of that project.
2: And do you think you've got a good chance in the semi-finals? Of course, there's been a rule change for Eurovision this year, where it's just the televote. And if we look at your televote score from the national final, you did really well there. You topped the televote. You got more than almost double. Uh, of, of who came in second place. So, like, the the TV audience is on your side, it's, at least in Malta, anyway.
5: Well...
0: You can see about that. Well,
5: our, our current strategy and what we're in Malta is charm ourselves through. <laughs>
3: Do you find us charming too.
5: How you find us charming? So, um, but I think the strat- the strategy is actually that, I mean, we're just being ourselves. We're promoting our the song is actually like be yourself just take yourself out of what makes you uncomfortable and just be comfortable (laughs) by being yourself um if it's being awkward if it's dancing funny if it's wearing colorful sweater just you know do it if we have a chance or not i think it's too early to say because to the last minute things can can go either way um and with a kind of a bloodbath with what they're calling of a semifinals, which is semi finals night 1 um there are like 13 favorites and uh, only 10 can go through yeah everyone is a is a qualifier but none not of are a qualifier yeah yes
2: Okay, hey, well, I think you're showing us, at least anyway, that you're being yourself, you're having fun, which is the most important part of it. Uh, I think you'll agree, which is great to see. Uh, guys, I'm going to let you go. I've kept you for far too long. Uh, so, John, Dave and Sean, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, shall we catch up again in Liverpool? Yes, of Yeah.
0: Yes. See
2: you there. <laughs> see you there, guys. Thank you so much. Job, thank
0: Dave. you. Thank you very much.
4: You're listening to The Eurotrip,
1: your favourite Eurovision podcast.
4: When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest.
3: A huge thanks then to the Busker. James, remind us of their names. Uh, David, John and Sean. (laughs) Honestly, won't tire of that. Very, very fun. I said earlier they sound like your dad's mates who um, he goes to watch the football with at the pub. Who else could David, John, and Sean be?
2: They could sound like the three fellas who are going to come up and uh, and redo your kitchen.
3: David, John, and Sean. Yeah, they could be. They could be the name of the bouncers outside of Camp and Furnace. They could well be. Yeah, they could be the local milkman. They could be. They could. Be. Unlikely though that they could be.
2: Do, do milkmen still exist? Um,
3: I've not seen one for a while, and by a while I mean about fifteen years. Yeah, let's chat about this off air. <laughs> this isn't for the podcast. Do you it? have a milkman at Eurotrip <laughs> Podcast? Uh, are you anyway, a milkman? Are, are you a milkman? Is really good. <laughs> are you a milkman with a link to this year's Eurovision, or indeed any Eurovision song contest? Please. Are you listening? Are you listening to this podcast in your milk float? <laughs> Or indeed, just while drinking some milk. Oh, we'll take anything. We will take anything. <laughs> but no, thank you so much to the girls from the Busker for joining us there, James. Back to, uh, back to Eurovision 2023. We probably should. And lovely that we are getting another saxophone on the Eurovision stage. Because as we know, uh, Eurovision has a special relationship with that particular instrument. So delighted that the sax is making a return to the Eurovision stage this year. Me too. Yeah, me too. I nearly said to them actually, I nearly said, you know, the
2: saxophone has a special re- relationship with Eurovision, and then I didn't say it because I thought, does it? Does it actually, or is it just uh, a Sunstroke project who have a saxophone, and we now
3: just associate the sax with Eurovision? Can you think of any other acts that have had a saxophone? There must be another saxophone. Yes, of course I do. Come on now, you're better than this. Uh, like I
2: said, I said uh, my caveat for this week is that my head isn't screwed on. So... Out of
3: the embers,
2: you're not gonna love a sax? The room. Is that not
3: that a got a tr- sax on it? Is that not
2: a trumpet?
3: Oh, that's a trumpet. I've embarrassed yeah. myself, haven't I? That's a there trumpet, you go. Isn't Forget
2: all the milk, chat. Get in touch with any you Vision songs that have got a saxophone <laughs> on it to try and put our minds at ease. Please
3: do. Right, then. It is coming up to the end of today's episode. And, James, it is time for your friend and mine, or my friend and actually not yours at all, given how badly you've been doing on this year's series thus far. It is time for the one-second song. It is indeed, yeah. The part of the episode where each week we take it in turns to play each other the
2: very first second of a Eurovision song. We simply have to guess what it is. I've been having a torrid time recently. I think, did I claw a point or two back last week? Maybe I clawed one point back. You gave yourself a petty point. Why did you give yourself a petty point last week? Because you sent me a file that it sort of corrupted Uh, and I couldn't really hear. So many
3: excuses. Every week you come up with a new excuse. Right. So, yes, you did get a point back. So the scores now are me 27, you 18. So, still quite a chunky old gap there. Well, let's see whether you can extend the lead even further
2: with this week's One Second Song. (laughs)
3: I can extend it, yeah, but I definitely can't remember what the name of the song is, but I can extend it. Is it that I can't remember what the name of the song is, or is it that I don't want to embarrass myself with my pronunciation of what the name of the song actually is? That is
2: a very good question. Yeah, Rob is looking for the song title. He's looking for the artist, the year it competed, and
3: the country it represented at the contest. Uh, Let's hear it one more time. Right, okay, so let's not waste any time. That is, of course, James, Denmark, 2001, Fear of Flam, Fear of Flam, and oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Ohin Arda or some, something. I don't know. I'll take three. I'll take three. I'm getting complacent, I'll be honest. Well, hopefully,
2: like me, you sitting at home listening, we're rubbing your hands together, giving out a little chuckle. At the fact that Rob incorrectly said two thousand and one instead of twenty twenty one.
3: Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Is, are, you, are you are you taking the moral high ground in a first answer? Like we can only accept your first answer. Is that what you're doing here?
2: Yes, I am. So unfortunately, oh. you only scored the two points <laughs> because say. it was <laughs> it was Denmark. It was twenty twenty one. It was fear of flam. Um remind me of what you said for the song title and we'll see if we'll we'll see if you will give you a pity point for the pronunciation. Oh, I I wouldn't give me a pity point. I wouldn't. Uh I'm not i am not going to Uh which means I have to now pronounce it, which I think it's something like uh forgive me everyone. Uh Overs por hinanden
3: yeah, so I was I was nearly there, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah.
2: it's sort of it sort of sounds anyway, yeah, this is what it sounds like.
3: The two points on the board for me, which moves me to an 11-point lead. 29 points to 17, the scores. And, James, we always try and find a tenuous link to this week's episode and the one-second song. Sometimes you try very hard, and sometimes you do not. Which side of the fence have you fallen down on this week? And sometimes I plain forget and just pick out a song
2: at random. Well, well, maybe did I? Well, what I thought was, because at the weekend, we put out a tweet asking for the song that didn't qualify to the grand final that you will simply never get over. And we had tons and tons and tons of responses. And what I did was clicked on the tweet, did a huge scroll and just stopped at random. And somebody, forgive me, I can't remember who, it suggested that song. I thought, well, I'll take that. So I guess it doesn't link to the podcast necessarily. Um, But I didn't really want to give you an option of (laughs) gaining a bonus point, so I just didn't link it to the podcast.
4: Yeah,
3: that's fair. No, that is absolutely fine. Yeah, thank you to all of you who did get in touch with your uh, semi-final heartbreak stories, if we want to call them, over the weekend, because, yeah, loads of you have been replying to that. So uh, feel free to keep doing so if you scroll down and find that tweet at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. But, James, that brings to an end this week's podcast. And do you want to break to the listeners the very sad news about next week's podcast?
2: Yeah, sadly, I will not be here on
3: the podcast next
2: week. So set off your party poppers if that is good news to you. Break out the tissues if it's
3: sad news for you. Yeah, the less said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> is it is it because is it because you're performing at one of the upcoming pre parties? Indeed, yeah. See me in Israel as I perform
2: at the Tel Aviv. Is it Tel Aviv? I think it's Tel Aviv. Israel hey, calling, anyway. isn't it? party in this one. Israel calling. See me there, everyone. I'll be on stage. He won't actually. the He won't be. He's not there. Uh, yeah, I won't be. Yeah, yeah. Clarity, I will not be there. But I will, will also not be on the trip next week. So I will return in two weeks. Rob will be here with you next week. Um, so good luck, everyone. <laughs>
3: Good luck, everyone. People who've had to put up with just me by myself before. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to get myself a co-host next week to replace James. So if you've got any suggestions for who you would like that person to be at Eroship Podcast, please do get in touch. And yes, please do join me next week when we've got loads of stuff planned. And I'll be chatting to another, of course, of the Eurovision class of 2023. Indeed. So in the
2: meantime, keep in touch with us online, of course, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at EuroTribPodcast.com at the email. And you can read all of our exclusive stories on EuroTripPodcast.com. Make sure as well you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And
3: from me, Rob, it's goodbye.